right, if not, we are going to be skipping around a little bit tonight. Uh, and this would have been, if I could have done it, it probably would have been better if I had some uh, slides with some verses on it, because we're going to be comparing some verses tonight as we go uh, and looking. But uh, uh, I tell you what, I'm thankful for God's word, and I'm glad we can dig into it one more time. Uh, but what I want to talk about tonight is I was uh, looking at something uh, the other day, and I was looking at it more last night, and uh, I kind of dug deep into it that uh, there are there's a question, are we saved or are we being saved? And this is, uh, uh, you know, for some of us, we, we probably think about that question and it, it, it almost seems pretty easy, you know, the answer, but there are a lot of people that believe both ways, and we're going to dig into it, uh, including what the Bible says. But uh, uh, I want to, since we're going to hit a lot of verses, we'll start out with prayer tonight. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for that it is true, it is complete. Lord, it is a, uh, it is a guide, and Lord, uh, that you gave to us so that way we could know your expectations. We can know who we really are, who you really are. We're thankful for it tonight. Lord, help us to learn. Lord, we ask the Holy Spirit to touch our hearts hearts to give me the unction to preach tonight. Lord, help us to not just uh, gain knowledge in our heads, but Lord, apply it to our lives and help us to uh, to spread the truth in this lost world. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all things. In Jesus' name we pray and amen. amen. So first, Romans 8, 24, for we are saved by hope, uh, but hope uh, that is seen is not hope for what a man seeth. Why doth he yet hope for? So that uh, basically in that verse and some of the ones around it, it is talking about uh, the hope that we have is by faith. That's why we can't see it. Uh, I can't see something that shows me that I'm saved with my eyes, uh, but with my heart, uh, with the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me, I can know that I'm saved. And uh, we'll talk a little more about that later. But it says, for we are saved uh, past tense by hope and I'm thankful for that uh, we're going to spend a little more time in Ephesians chapter 2 uh, verse 5 and it says this even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. So we could keep going tonight. We could keep reading verses. There's just a couple examples right now. Remember the question is, are we saved or are we being saved? Well, so far, it's pretty clear. The Bible teaches salvation is the beginning of the Christian life. When you are saved through Jesus Christ, and how, how does that happen? It starts out by the grace of God, uh, coupled with the somebody gives the the gospel, the truth about Jesus Christ. And then uh, at that point, when you have the grace of God, when you've got the Holy Spirit touching uh, the sinner's heart, you've got the truth of the gospel, then the responsibility goes to the one that's hearing, the sinner that's listening, and they either respond by faith and accept and, and call on Jesus's name for salvation, 
or they reject it. So that uh, that's salvation. But if you called on his name, if you trusted in Jesus, finished work on the cross, uh, you are saved past tense. Uh, you are completely forgiven. Being you are a complete new creature in Christ. Oh, the old man has passed away. The Bible says, behold, all things are become new. So again, it seems clear this far. Uh, in Ephesians 2, the next verse, verse 9, it says, not of works, lest any man should boast. And it, it makes it crystal clear that the works uh, do not have a part in beings in the salvation process uh, because it says if we were saved by our works then we would boast right we would become prideful we would think about what we accomplished uh, because we did something to accomplish salvation and here's the thing it's no different than you see whether it's an athlete whether it's someone getting an education uh, whether it's a career you've seen instances and maybe you're like this yourself where you have put a lot of hard work into something, a lot of dedication, a lot of pitfalls and didn't quit, and you've made it to a certain level. Again, in your career, your education, your sports or whatever, uh, and, and you've hit a certain level. See, because you did all that work and the effort and practice and didn't give up, you can be proud of that, right? You can be proud, uh, you know, these uh, athletes that have gone on to do great, they can be proud in the work that they've put in but we can't be proud of our salvation because we did not do that. That was not uh, our doings. And the Bible says if, if there were works, if there were things uh, to become saved, we would have pride. Uh, but there, the Bible is also clear that pride has no part in the life of a Christian person. And I, I, I was doing some research and, and what kind of led me to the saved or being saved uh, was I, I saw this question and answer thing from a Catholic website. And, and the question is, uh, uh, someone asked the question, can you, uh, do Catholics believe you can work your way to heaven? And they said no. They said we don't believe that, that you can work your way into heaven. But then they said this statement. The Bible says very clearly that we are not saved by faith alone. Works do have something to do with our salvation. And when I read that, those two sentences, I got really confused. I said, now, wait a second. How can you say after Ephesians uh, 2, 8, and 9, you know, where it says, for grace, for by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then they turn right around and say, the Bible is clear that it's not just faith, it's faith and works. And I'm just confused. Right? Because the Bible, and, and especially in those verses in Ephesians, you can't say that it's confusing. You can't say that there's room for interpretation or a gray area. It is plain. And not only is it plain, and by saying not of works, it gives you the example of why, you know, if it was of works, you would boast. But it's not of works, so there is no boasting. So there's the confusion. And then further on, it said this, as Catholics, however, we believe that salvation is a process which begins with our baptism and continues throughout our lifetimes, just as the Bible teaches us. And I thought, where are they getting that from? Where are they getting that from? And as I dug deeper, I realized there are two uh, main spots that they are pulling from. And when I dug deeper, I, I was a little shocked at what I found. The first one comes from 1 Corinthians 1.18. 1 
1 Corinthians 1.18, this should sound familiar when I say it. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. And you're saying, now, now wait a second. If I pull that out in my Bible and I read that, and, I, and they say this is one of the two main verses that shows us we are not saved, but we are being saved, then why does our Bible say which are saved? It doesn't say which are being saved. And then as I dug deeper, I realized the new... The Catholic New American Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but us to our but but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The New Jerusalem translation, they also use this. The message of the cross is folly for those who are on their way to ruin, but for those of us who are on the road to salvation, it is the power of God. The Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And then I went further, the ESV, the NASB, and the NIV all say who are being saved, it is the power of God. And I realized that's the problem right there. And you're thinking, wow, a lot of these versions, you thought, well, they're not changing a whole lot. And here, really, if you look at it, it's not much that they're changing. It's the verb tense, right? Instead of being saved past tense, it is this current being saved process that's ongoing. When you say who are being saved, it doesn't make any sense because if you aren't yet saved... Let's go back to the verse. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but, uh, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. What that verse is saying is, hey, when the preaching of the cross, see, those that are lost, uh, that, that, just, uh, that are not touched by the Holy Spirit, that, that don't have that grace, that, that hear it, they're saying that's foolishness, right? That, uh, you know, you're telling me, that God had to die and everything else, they say that's foolishness. Yeah, the blood is, is gross and everything else, but it says, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Now here's the problem. If you're being saved, that means you're not saved yet. Then if you're close to being saved, but not quite saved, the preaching of the cross is convicting. It's not the power of God it's convicting, right? The closer somebody gets to being saved, the closer they are uh, when they're gripping that pew, when they, the tears are falling, when they know they need to get saved, and they're just holding on to that last piece of the world, those last excuses of, of, of the devil puts in their ear, when they're holding on, it is not a fun time. It's convicting. So the verse doesn't even make sense when you say who are being saved. They would argue that salvation is ongoing. You cannot know and, and have any assurance of salvation until the end. And then my question is, if we are being saved, what verses do we use to figure out if we've made it or not? You can't find it, right? Not if it's an ongoing process that's open-ended that lasts forever. Here's another one, 2 Corinthians 2.15. For we are unto God a sweet Savior savor of Christ and them that are saved and in them that perish. The NAB, for we are in the aroma of Christ for God among those who are being saved. 
RSV, Catholic edition, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved. New Jerusalem, who are being saved. ESV, who are being saved. NASB, who are being saved. NIV, who are being saved. They're all the same. For we are unto God a sweet Savior of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. Romans 5.10 tells us that before we were saved and reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, we were enemies of God, and that's in different parts of the scripture. We were, we were against God before we were saved and didn't even know it. We didn't even know that we were aligned to the devil. We didn't know these things. So how, again, if you're being saved, if you're not quite saved, if you're not there, how could then you become a sweet savor, a sweet smell in the nostrils of God if you're not quite saved no you're an enemy of God so again it doesn't make sense and here's the problem but not just Catholicism I pick that one but there are other groups that demand works right that's what they want they they have coupled works into the salvation and and there's and if salvation is a free gift right you can't use the Bible to force works, and that's their problem. They want to force works and, and make works a part of salvation. So if you do that, you have to make changes like this. You have to make changes because uh, how can you, uh, if you are saved and you stop working, then that's a problem to them. So then obviously then you, maybe you started being saved, you didn't finish being saved, and, and that's the problem you get into. The Bible doesn't talk about works being forced by God. But if we're saved, we're called to work willingly. Ephesians 2.10, the next verse. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So here's the thing. We shouldn't want to, uh, we're not working to be saved. We're not working to stay saved. We're not working to make salvation progress. We are working because we're saved, because we've been bought by a price, because uh, his blood was shed for us. He gave us a new life. He gave us a new start. And we are returning and doing what he's commanded us to do in love. And then, as I was digging, I also found a, another group that's similar, Mormon. And they, uh, I'm going to read you a verse from the Book of Mormon. This, this shows how they kind of do the same thing. 2 Nephi 25-23 says, For we labor diligently to write to persuade our children and also our brethren to believe in Christ and to be reconciled to God. For we know that it is by grace that we are saved. Now, if I stopped right there, it sounds really, really good, right? Super good. And it almost sounds like it fits, especially with Ephesians. Uh, for we know that it is by grace we are saved, comma, after all we can do. There's the problem. It is by grace we are saved after all we can do. So here's what we believe, right? The Bible teaches grace first, then faith, then salvation, and then you work because you're saved. That's how we believe. Uh, and then the Mormons, it's backwards because they're saying the grace comes after all we can do. That means the works are what starts it. And then the grace comes from God. And basically what they're saying is you, uh, you have to exhaust everything within you. And then the grace of God fills the gap for salvation. 
And as I dug deeper and looked into that, they're saying, hey, you need to keep the law. And really, they take the Old Testament law and they kind of modernize it, you know, the way they want to for their rules. Uh, and they say, you keep the law as best as you can. You keep these rules. Uh, and then the grace of God, uh, you know, finishes that part that you can't perfectly keep where you fall short. But then it leads to the exact same problem. How do they know when you've done all that you can do? Right? Just like the Catholic. How do you know you've done enough works to be coupled with your faith to reach salvation? And it's on both sides the same answer. You don't. Not until the end. There's no assurance now. The assurance is always down the road, which is actually no assurance at all. And then here's one of the ones that they will both use to argue. Philippians 2.12, Wherefore, my, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And they will say, look, that verse right there, Mike, that one, even if your Bible, I mean, it's in, they didn't make the changes. We will use that just how it is. Uh, and they'll point to that one. And they say, look, if it's, uh, if you're already saved, then why are you working it out? Well, here's what we're working out. The fact that we have been saved, we are working out the new life that he's given us, right? As a Christian, with the moment you got saved, you start a lifelong struggle of trying to do God's will, trying to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, uh, trying to follow what the Spirit does, all while fighting our flesh, right? That, that flesh is still there. The flesh didn't get saved. It's still there, uh, but we are fighting against it. We've been given a new life. We've been given a new birth. We've been made a new creature in Christ, and you think about that. You, you start out in a brand new life. You start out as a baby. What do they have to do? They have to learn everything. They have to learn how to feed themselves. They have to learn how to walk they have to learn how to use the bathroom themselves and everything else walk talk all these things and as a baby christian it's the same thing we have to learn how to talk we have to learn what god expects of us we have to learn how to love how to serve how to treat people uh, uh who we are who he is and everything else and yes we are working that out each and every day not uh to attain salvation we're already saved you can't have have a new life in Christ without being saved. You can't have the Holy Spirit without being saved. And there is no struggle between the spirit and the flesh if you're not saved. It's all flesh. Right? Sin reigns in your, in your life. The problem we have, see a baby doesn't, you know, they're starting over, but we don't forget our old life. Right? That's one of the things we got to work out too. We remember our life before we were saved. And for some that got saved later in years, you remember a whole lot of life. And, and what happens? Those sinful habits want to take over again, right? The old life wants to take over uh, again. Uh, but I'm glad that the Lord takes away some things immediately. And then he helps us out with the other things. And then, you know, you've heard it, and some of you may have uh, testimonies yourself. God instantly took away addictions and different things. Uh, and then other times, he just gave you the grace to help you. And see, that's one of the things I've noticed as well. They make it very, very similar. They use some of the same wording. Uh, they'll kind of twist it around. And whenever you have a direct question, they're always going to answer it, you know, well, sure. Do we believe uh, works get you to heaven? No, 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 no. 
No, of course it's Jesus. But then you can't also take out works. Like the Bible says. They'll say, well, you've got to have works with faith. And works ends up being more important than faith. Because again, what was that first verse we read? Romans 8, 24. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. That's the problem. They can see that you're following rules. They can see that you've gone through rituals. They can see that you're doing sacraments and everything else. And the Bible says that's not hope. That's just things you're seeing. And then finally, 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. I love that verse because it is clear as crystal. Ye may know that you have eternal life. Now, Here's here, some people would ask, well, why does it say ye may know it? Because some people, again, will follow emotions. They will follow, you know, as long as I'm not in a trial, as long as everything goes okay, then I know that I'm saved. But the Bible's saying, hey, did you go through Jesus Christ? Was it by faith and not of works? Did you hear the gospel? Did you put your faith in that? If you did that, if you called on his name, if you repented, you are saved. And you can know that you have eternal life. In fact, the, it's not God's fault if you don't know whether you have eternal life or not. He's given us, here are the requirements. Here's how you know. We're not saved by works. We're not progressively being saved. And the Bible says you may know that you have eternal life. Not later, right? That's what he's He's not saying you'll know later whether you have eternal life. You can know now that you have eternal life. And here's what happens. The devil, what's he want to do? He wants to take the gospel. And first, if he can get people to just cast it away, that's the best. Now, if they say, well, I like Jesus. I know I need some religion in my life. I know I need something higher power, something like that. Okay, we'll take the gospel message and he'll twist it just a little bit, right? Because what are they saying? They, they, won't, they will say some of the same words. They'll say some of the same things. But what are they twisting? Oh, yeah, it's by faith. Oh, yeah, it's by Jesus Christ. It's these things, but it's also works. And what happens then? That works. Remember what happened uh, when those early Christians, those early Jewish Christians, tried to then go back to the law and try to live both the law and a Christian, and Jesus said that will not work. That's not going to work. And it's just the same thing. And he, he will twist that because here's the thing. If works are added, then Christ on the cross, his work on the cross is not finished. It needs help. And that help comes from us. And that's not true. Because the devil knows our efforts at righteousness is in vain. Now, he will never say that, but he knows it. Now, if he can't twist the gospel and somebody's truly saved, what's he, what's he want to do for that person? He wants to get you to doubt your salvation. Right? 
And, and the way he, he does that many different ways, by emotions, by trials, by different things like that, God's abandoned you, you're not saved anymore, you know, and things like that. Or he will turn them to a false religion that then they can see what's going on. And again, it's a dead end. It leads to hell. But aren't you glad I'm not being saved? I am saved. Yeah. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean that I have reached the pinnacle of my Christian life. No, we are still growing in grace and knowledge in Jesus Christ. But I am not unsure if I died today whether I'll go to heaven or not. I'm not unsure of that. I am sure of that. Not because I'm waiting to see if I've done enough. Because I'm trusting that he did enough. Amen. So I'm saved. And it's just another danger of what happens when you you start switching words around in the Bible. Because now, imagine someone picking up an ESV, NASB, NIV, reading a verse like that, and now they're confused. Wait a second. How am I being saved if I'm already saved? All right, we're going to open up the altar tonight.